everybody. It's your favorite reconstructionist, Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and welcome to a milestone show. Today is episode number 30 of the one and only show bringing you tips and tricks for working vehicle collision cases from the best experts in the industry every Wednesday. Today's topic is, can you dig it? So grab your expert angle coffee mug and settle in three, two, one, off we go. Every year, traffic crashes claim the lives of over a million people and account for over $500 billion of injuries around the world. A small select group of people from police to attorneys to expert investigators are tasked with getting justice for the victims, protecting the rights of involved parties, and ensuring the story is told accurately and honestly. Unfortunately, we believe that is an impossible task without the right team of experts. If you agree, then keep on listening for actionable tips from leading experts across various industries that you can start taking today to elevate your professional game. If you disagree, then tune in anyway and let us convince you with our ideas. We are Eric Brown and Phil Rally, and this is Crash Tech. The Expert Angle. Welcome back to the show, guys. Crash Tech, the Expert Angle podcast is brought to you by Crash Tech Reconstruction Services. If you have an accident that you need answers for or you think the other side has it wrong, Crash Tech can help. Connect with us at www.crashtechreconstruction.com to submit your case for a free review. Phil, man, happy Valentine's Day. Welcome to the new show. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I shouldn't say new show. The new episode. Let's say that. The new episode of our show. <laughs> and with it with it being valentine's day right i wanted to talk about there's this there's this little cartoon character everybody's everybody's knows right cupid with his little bow and arrow and he's out there doing his thing and in today's show i wanted to talk about a different tool instead of the bow and arrow let's talk about the reconstructionist tool, right? And, and so if you think about it, you know, Phil out there in, in your tidy whities running around with your little wings on your back and everything else, what tool are you carrying? It's not gonna be a bow and arrow. It's gonna be a shovel. Ooh. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, it, don't think about it in terms of, I mean, Phil's not there to, to beat anybody about the head with the shovel. I mean, maybe sometimes. Maybe sometimes, but realistically, we use that shovel because your investigator needs to dig deep. Yeah. Yeah. And and so let's think about this because we've talked a lot about on our show, on on all of our past episodes, we've talked about, you know, the, the, the importance of preserving evidence. And we've, we've talked a little bit about different things here and there. And so in this show, really what I want to dive into is as an attorney, what should you be expecting an expert to look at? And and as an expert, what do you need to look at? What what is out there that you need to be considering when you start actually getting ready to reconstruct a crash? Because I don't know about you, and tell me if you've seen this or not, Phil, but like lately, I feel like when I read a lot of reports, I'm reading fluff with not a lot of substance. Well, you know, I see it, a lot. I see a lot of reports that are you can see where they where they, they they've done some work and the the report has some effort I guess put into it, but they made it more about, you know, um trying to point out other experts where they went wrong or 
how the other expert is wrong. And it's not necessarily that the report that's being rendered is a rebuttal report because it's not. It's clearly that expert's own reconstruction report. But it's it's all about how they're trying to incorporate um, or yeah, setting, so the, setting the groundwork of I'm right, he's wrong. Yeah, it's almost like like they're they're completing their reconstruction based off of the work that you did. Right. You know, yeah. and, and that's it, not it, what this is. That's not what this is about at all. No, it needs to be independent. I mean, I, you know, I don't I don't unless I'm asked to do a rebuttal report. I'm not going to mention anything about another expert because I really don't care. Yeah. My report needs to be my investigation, my work, my efforts, my blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, and and like I said, and when I read a lot of reports, what we're seeing is, you know, there might be one or two sections about work that the reconstructionist did. And then like, it seems like the rest of the sections are just filler. Yeah filled with, I don't know, useless things that really don't really don't bear anything to the investigation. And so that's what we wanted to dive into today is, you know, we thought for the attorneys, this would be really good of like, as an attorney, what should you expect? Like when you look at your experts investigation, what steps should they have gone through to make sure that you're getting a thorough investigation, that you're getting your money's worth, that your client is getting their money's worth, right? And, and as an expert, I feel like this would be a good show of just at least laying out the groundwork, especially if you're new to this or if you don't have a lot of field experience yet. And that's something that you're trying to learn. What, what steps do we need to go through to make sure that we're actually ensuring good quality investigations? Because us as an industry should constantly be striving to do better, document more, learn more, analyze more, look at more, Everything we should, you know what I mean? Like everything should always be trying to evolve and become better. Yeah. You know, and when you dig, when you get your shovel out and you start digging, you've got to be looking at every piece of uh, debris or whatever that you're, that you're unearthing um, and not just blow by it because, you know, Ooh, if I talk about that, yikes, that's going to be bad. So I'm just going to skip that and throw that as far away from, you know, the hole that I'm digging. And, and that way I can just forget about it and keep going until I find what it is that I want. And I'm only going to talk about that. Yeah. You know, you need to talk about all of uh, all the components that you're unearthing as you go. And, and if they have a negative impact on your investigation, it is what it is. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's because we've seen that here recently. Um well, yeah, you know, if you think about it, think about, you know, in, in crashes where speed is never even looked at yeah. when it clearly has an impact to the crash, you know? And so you, you gotta, you gotta be digging. You have to be, and if there's one thing Phil is good at, it is digging and not only digging for the evidence uh, in cases, but just digging in general. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not. Phil raises uh, fair rabbits and uh, for like 4-H fair stuff like it breeds them and they're huge and how many how many rabbits you got now well we've right now we're just down to our does and bucks so we're right at 40 but we yeah start, and, and these aren't we like start, we start breeding next week so yeah here in uh, 30 days from next week we'll have <laughs> a couple hundred in the barn which, right uh, and, and we're not talking like little rabbits these aren't like your little house bunnies I, if if you guys have never seen 4-h rabbits which i, I never had and uh, so these are like the rabbits that, you know, they sell for, for meat. 
And so we go down to, to Phil's house. I take my, my wife and girls down and uh, these things are massive. They're huge. They're, it's crazy. Yeah. So Phil every morning has to go out and shovel the rabbit poop. And, uh, you know, so you're just, you're just kind of a master shoveler. I feel like sometimes. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, there, there's certain, um, let's just say there's certain jobs within a state where holding that shovel and, <laughs> Right. It's it's almost like you uh there was a superhero hero movie about with Ben Stiller and uh you know they play all the all the weird superhero and there was a guy on there that was called the shoveler. I feel like that's you. <laughs> Phil's the shoveler. We have unmasked his super identity, folks. Yeah, Today, live on the show. Gone it. Yeah. So anyway, but so let's dive down this rabbit hole. So you know, as an attorney and as an investigator, what are some of the things? that should be looked at, should be considered, that we should be seeing in the recon report, okay? And so first and foremost, like, let's just, let's just kind of go down the list a little bit. First and foremost, I think you have to, have to, have to, have to look at the police reports and everything the police have, mm-hmm. or at least as much as they're willing to give you, because we've seen that, right, where, where, Maybe the OH1 has been included, but not the not the supplemental OH1 mm. or not the revised one or maybe not the OH2s. They're not included or they haven't been looked at, which, you know, here in Ohio, those are like our supplemental reports, the narrative diagram continuations. In other states, you guys, they may be designated by a different number. But most police departments are not only going to complete a crash report if we're looking at a crash if you're looking at a slip and fall or you're looking at something like that, it might just be on an incident report, but we need to look at the crash report. A lot of times if a death is involved and attorneys, this is really important for you guys because your assistants are ordering these reports. So not only do you need to look at your crash report, which sometimes may be held in the traffic bureau, but then you also need to ask for any incident reports because if it's a death, a lot of times the, the death is reported on an incident report and the traffic crash itself is reported on a crash report, make sure you're getting both. Mm-hmm. Any officer supplements, those need to be specifically requested. And when you guys send in your public records requests, a request needs to be made to the records bureau of a police department, but then you also need to contact somebody in the traffic unit, ask them if they have a traffic unit and they need a records request. Because I know here in our county, and, and, you know, our state highway patrol here in Ohio does the same thing. The basic crash investigation is, is held in the records division, but all of the reconstruction is held in the traffic unit. If you want total station measurements, the actual recon report itself, uh, the, 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 the hand math from the investigator, all of that is in the recon unit. That is not in the records division. Yep. So just FYI, be be cognizant, be aware that sometimes you got to ask from both. All right. Um, so make sure that we're getting all the reports, the supplements, dash cam video and body cam video. If you can get it, man, get it. Or if nothing else, send a letter to them and let them know, hey, look, we're going to need this. Can you guys tag this so that it does not get deleted? Because a lot of departments can't save all this data because we've now entered the age where we no longer, the cameras don't just come on when the lights are on. Now officers' cameras are running continuously the entire shift and overwriting data. And, and there's huge, huge media files are being uploaded onto the servers and they get uh 
overwritten and deleted. Yeah. If there's nothing, you know, if they don't tag something on it that needs to be saved. So yeah. make sure that you guys are getting that as fast as possible. Photographs, that's another thing. And again, photographs, a lot of times aren't kept in the records division. They're kept in the crime scene unit. So you need to ask, especially if you have a bigger city. Do you guys have a crime scene unit? Is that where the photos are? A lot of times that's who the request needs to go to. So make sure we're diving into it. And Phil, I mean, I don't know. What, what else do the police have you think that would be important or did I cover it all? Ooh, the coroner. If you're dealing with a death, make sure you're getting the coroner's report and their photographs. I know you don't want to look at them as the attorneys. I know most of you guys don't want to see the coroner's photographs. But as an expert, as a reconstructionist, man, those photos are important. I also think you need to get um, dispatch logs Mm -hmm. of, you know, because a lot of times the focus is, okay, Mr. Brown or Mr. Relly, you know, Officer Relly or whatever, is the one who authored the OH1 in Ohio um, and authored this. And, and so on. But who else was there? What other units were there? What other departments were there? Because those officers are assuming they have two eyes are another pair of eyes on the scene of something. And I hate to say it. Uh, it's, it just is what it is, but there's a lot of times people will be like, yeah, nobody asked me. So I didn't put it on paper. Yeah. I wasn't asked to put it on paper. Well, uh, and, FYI. And, and, and that's information that may be available, you know, especially yeah. when it comes to deposition and stuff like that. You know, what did you see? Yeah. And did you, did you go to the, have you been to the evidence technician school? No. no they, so when you, when you go to the evidence technician school and learn how to actually collect evidence and stuff like that, one of their big like mottos of the entire class is everybody brings something to a scene and everybody takes something from a scene. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of this interesting concept. And so it's just crucial to know who's been in that scene, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's it because everybody either tracks stuff into the scene or tracks stuff out of the scene or things get moved or things get seen and things get docked, you know, and all this stuff, it's this huge moving thing and that all needs to be looked at. So yeah, we absolutely need to know who was there and who was on that scene. Mm-hmm including your medical personnel. I mean, there's a reason that you hear crash investigators always jokingly refer to them as the evidence eradication team. Yeah. Because you got to understand firemen, while, while they do care about the evidence, I mean, they do care about the, the job that the officers are there to do, but that's not their, their role is to save lives. And until either there's no more lives to save and there's no more imminent threat of fire or explosion and things like that. That's when it becomes the police officer's scene. But up until that point, mm-hmm. that scene is 100% under the control of the fire department. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, but how many times do you see firemen ever deposed? Get the and, run record. Get right. every, every fire department and emergency squad does, a, you know, the fire department will do a run report because we live in an age of statistics especially for agencies and it, and it goes to fire and EMS. So for every statistic that they can generate, 
Um, that goes towards funding, whether that's funding for grant dollars or funding from their local city or county or township. Um, and that goes for federal funding directly. So if you have the fire department, you know, uh, an engine and a rescue respond to the scene of a crash, and then you have the squad you're going to have a run report from fire and rescue and you're going to have a run report from the squad because those are different groups of people with different responsibilities. Yep. Get their run reports. Yeah. Because oftentimes uh, for attorneys, this is, this is critically important. And I know in law enforcement uh, I've used it quite a bit. Um, You'd be surprised how people will make statements to people that, uh, they know aren't there to, you know, find out information that could be used for charges or what have you. So, you know, I could ask you, Hey, you know, how much have you had to drink tonight? I can smell the odor of alcohol. I haven't had anything. Then they get in the squad. How much, had, how much alcohol have you had to drink tonight? Man, I drank 12 beers. Yeah. You know, yeah. Woo-hoo, good information. And, and a lot of times on run reports, medics list what the, uh, what the person says to them. Yeah. A lot of times because a lot of that information is then transferable because they report that to the emergency room because the emergency room personnel need it. So get emergency room reports, you know, triage reports. I mean, there's a lot of information out there. Um, I mean, we talk about physical evidence at the scene, but there's a lot of other evidence out there as well. That's very helpful. So go after all of it. So, you know, your shovel just doesn't dig a hole at the scene. Keep digging all over the place. Yeah. And, and again, you know, this is one of those things. If you're hiring an expert, the expert needs to. And guys, I, I am calling us all out across this industry. You can't just rely on what the attorneys get us. Mm-mm. If you're not calling a police department and the fire department and everything else to fill in these gaps with, with the things that are missing, you're failing your clients. And, and attorneys, this is what you're paying your experts for. You know what I mean? Like they can't just rely on what you get them. So I'm not saying if you don't get this stuff, you're just, you're just dead in the water. If you're not, your experts should be getting this stuff, but just FYI, you know, if you can get it, get this stuff. Yeah. And it always helps to call the police agencies because um, I've seen time and time again, where an officer, I mean, they're human, you know, Mm -hmm. there's so many boxes that need to be checked and so many blanks that need to be filled in on a crash report um, that it's easy to miss a box that's not a required field, like uh, oh, you know, or like supplement reports, photographs, um, things of that nature. And they may forget to check a box that photographs were taken. So you, you know, the investigator may see the report and and not see that box checked, and just say, "Oh, well, they didn't take pictures," when really they did. So mm-hmm. make that phone call. You know, and it, yep. I mean, it's how much time is it going to take to, to call and just ask? Yeah. Because you don't want to be that person who's sitting there, uh, does their reconstruction or, or authors their, uh, their report. And then the other side comes in at trial and introduces a whole, you know, collage of pictures from the agency. And you're sitting there going, Ooh, didn't even know those existed. Yeah. Now talking about photographs, FYI, I'm going to throw this out there right now because guys, man, I'm telling you as the attorneys, this is probably one of the biggest things that can help us out as investigators is there seems to be two big yards 
across the country that all the cars go to. After a crash, all the cars either go to a company called Copart or a company called Insurance Auto Auctions. For the most part, they could go to other places. But for the most part, if they're a total loss, that's where the cars are heading to. Okay, neither one of those companies will give your investigator the photographs that they take of the car. Okay, and so if the cars are gone, those photographs that they take sometimes are, are really critical for us. You know, if the police department didn't take photographs and your client didn't take any photographs, uh, you know, sometimes those are the only pictures of the vehicle we can get. The only people that can get those photographs are the insurance companies. So attorneys, if you are already dealing with a claims rep, take out your pen right now and write this down unless you're driving. And then when you get to your office, play this episode back, take out a pen and write this down. (laughs) When you are talking to your claims rep, the, one of the first things, please, one of the first things you can do, if you even think that you're going to engage an expert, is tell the claims rep, say, hey, look, can you contact Copart or IAA where the car went and, and give us, either give us permission to get their photographs or can you get the photographs and send them to me mm. of the vehicle? I'm yeah. telling man, if you could do that, that's huge. Because they will not, those two companies will not, for privacy sakes, will not come off of those, those uh, photographs except for the insurance company. Mm-hmm. So just ask them. When you've got the claims rep on the phone, ask them and get those pictures. Because those are, a lot of times those are critical and, and yeah. we need those. So I think we beat kind of the, the background documents to death uh, to look at. Um, but let's, let's dive into. So the next big thing is I would say your expert has to go to the scene. Yeah. They have to go to the scene. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe that I'm seeing reports now coming across my desk where the expert never went to the scene ever. Yep. You know, and they should be taking pictures if nothing else, just to prove that they were there. Well, and and again, going back to technology, I think we as just humans in general are getting lazy because we can go to google earth yeah and we can drop down you know we can we can switch the view and, and a lot of the cad programs are pulling google earth in right and you, can, and you can switch mm-hmm. the view to a street view you know that is like and similar to you standing in the roadway looking in that direction that you cannot replace what the human eye sees with what a camera sees from a satellite or what have you, or, you know, cause you need to think, you need to remember that view, that street view is based upon the, the camera image that was put on the roof of the car driving down that roadway. Yeah. Uh, when that imagery was taken, not you as the investigator standing out there um, and, and seeing it yourself, you've got to go to the scene. You've well, got, and how, and how many times appreciation. Yeah. And how many times have we just done a basic case review, just the initial the initial review before we even decide to take a case where maybe I know the scene and you don't and you've looked at it on Street View and you're like, man, how could they not see the other car coming? And I'm like, dude, there's a huge hill grade right there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you can't see anything until they crest that grade. And you're like, man, I don't see it. You know, and it's because, yeah, exactly. The, the camera that Google puts on top of the cars, which I I think that would be a fun job. I kind of want to sign up and have Google send me their camera so I can put it on my car and I don't know, but you know, it's, it's up like eight feet in the air. Mm -hmm. And, and as a driver of a car, where, what's your, what's your eye height? Three and a half feet off the ground, maybe four feet off the ground at most. 
So the, the height difference is crazy. And so when you're eight feet in the air, you can see a lot more and the angle is a lot different than what a motorist might actually be at. Well, and you need to think too, you know, and this is, I guess the, 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 the shovel portion, but what time of day did Google drive through the, that Google driver drive through there? You know, they drive through at, at one in the afternoon on a Saturday uh, but your crash happened at six fifteen in the morning on a Monday, and and so on. You know they drove through during you know broad daylight where it was wonderful weather, um, but your crash happened when it was you know it was it was dawn, and you know okay there's no inclement weather but it was dawn, and there's a ton of cars there's there's mm-hmm. all this traffic so. That again, go to the scene and go, go to the scene when the the timing the time of day when the crash occurred. Now you may yeah. want to you may want to go back again when it's daylight so you can get good pictures, you know, good daytime photos. But it, it always it, you know perspective. I mean, there's a lot that that goes into the perspective of the scene on a visit, and I don't understand why people aren't going to the scene other than it's a it's either one of two things it's laziness um or they were just asked to hey just look at this report and issue you know and type me a type me a something um and if that's what all they were asked okay and i guess i get it but if you're asked to do a full reconstruction and and, and you're not going to the scene that shame on you you know that's yeah. something that has to be incorporated yep you know and you know talking about the scene though too make sure and, and attorneys this this is a, a great tool if you didn't know this is available because we've been getting a lot of cases now that are two or three years old, it seems like, you know, and so it's like, okay, well, it's 2021. This crash happened. What's our oldest case that we're working right now? I think 2017. Uh, Older than that. 13. Yeah. 13. Yeah. And uh, you know, things like that. So, so we're talking, you know, cases that are, are seven, eight years old and you know, a lot of the roadways change and a lot of the intersections change. If you go to the county engineer's site for whatever county that your crash happened in, a lot of times they have the GIS data, which is their, you know, when their surveyors go out and they survey the roads and they show like the plots of land and things like that. And they'll put a satellite view in there and you can search by history. So you can go back in time, mm-hmm. Go back in time and see what that roadway looks at, because we've run into those where, you know, the other expert has come into court and said, here's how, you know, here's the layout of the intersection. This is how the crash occurred. And since the since the crash, the the intersection had added a few lanes, added a dedicated turn lane, all this stuff. And Mm -hmm. and that put the other experts cars in the wrong lanes of travel and everything else when you put it back to the way it was when the crash happened. Right. So search that historical GIS data. And also when you're in Google, if you look at the lower right hand corner of Google Maps, it will tell you the date that the photograph was taken, or at least the year. So if you see that, if you click on the date, a lot of times it'll pop up a little pop-up with a slider bar if they've driven through there multiple times and you can go back in time. You know, I guess to, for me, this should never come down. Let's say you have two experts, you know, on different sides, obviously, I would hope. Um, this should I mean, never come down to a smoke and mirrors game. Right. Right. You Everybody know. should be based on the same underlying facts. You, you, you should see almost 
and there's always going to be subtle differences where this expert looked at something, you know, or got a hold of something that this expert didn't or what have you, but it should never be a smoke and mirrors game. It should, it, it, it should be pretty like and similar to, to what was reviewed and examined and so on. And, and then it just comes down to, to the interpretation yeah, or the application of the variables into the, into the overall uh, investigation. Yep. And, and, you know, and that, that goes into another conversation, obviously, the, the application of the variables. You yeah. know, and I know we've talked about this before, but, you know, you have your elements of the crash. You've got to look at everything. You've got to look at everything you can look at, you know, yep. and and in that all because it all plays a role. Every bit of it. And this goes to another point of mine. Attorneys need to understand that that also is going to take time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I understand deadlines and I understand timelines and I understand, I get all of that, but in the same token that they have to understand that in order to do a, a good, deep, thorough analysis investigation, that's going to take time. It's going to take time to get those records. It's going to take time to, uh, you know, to get subpoenas issued if it have to come from the attorney, uh, maybe because of HIPAA or what have you, um, court orders, what whatever the case may be. And once that information is obtained, then you have to you have to review it. You have to look at it. And and if you're on a tight timeline for the case to get it filed, then that becomes a discussion between you and the expert. Is how yeah. important is that information? And can you go back to the court for you know uh, a timeline extension or something? Yep. Or if nothing else, I mean, you know, because we've had those where we've had to do really tight cases and, yeah. and it sucks. I mean, sometimes there is some additional cost involved, but I mean, if we have to, we'll pull in four investigators. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And it just and it is what it is. But, you know, if you give us a timeline of 48 hours to turn around a complete recon, we may not have a choice. I mean, if that if that's the deadline and the court says, no, you can't have an extension. You know what I mean? I'll, I may have to task for my investigators and put them all on a task because we only have one day to investigate and one day to write a report. And it, and it may come down to, you, you know, the investigator is going to have to look at the um, the, vo- the most fundamentally core uh, components to, to the case. And then and then it, it, at some point down the road, as more information becomes available, then the attorney needs to understand you, you, you probably should expect if you want me to continue beyond um, authoring the report and, and continue with this to, to do a supplemental down the road, we're going to have to, if we're going to incorporate everything into it, there's yeah. going to be a supplemental that's going to come down the road. It could be a week. It could be a month. It could be two yep. months. Um, you know, but yeah, uh, timelines are, timelines are tough to work with. Um, so Yep. What else? What else we got that? that um, I would say that your investigator needs to look at the weather and the sun and moon data. Now, obviously, if it happened like midday and you do the sun data and you find out the, it happened while the sun was in the sky, moon data probably isn't that important. You know, or if the crash happened at two o'clock in the morning and you find out, you know, because we're not in Alaska. I mean, if you're an investigator in Alaska, disregard this. You might have to look at both. But here in, in the actual continental United States in the lower, you know, the, the, the lower half of or, or the, the lower majority of the states, I should not say, not say half. <laughs> um, you know, it's either the sun is out, uh, maybe the moon's out when the sun. But if the moon's out, the sun is not. 
right? So you might not have to look at both, but you should be looking because of nothing else. Did sun glare pay, play right. into the crash? And, and, I, and, you know, I've seen this and, and Phil, I know you've seen this because we've talked about it where the investigator looks at the sun glare because the motorist says, oh, the sun was in my eyes. Okay. So they pull up the sun and they're like, oh yeah, this is the angle of the sun. I went out the same date and time, you know, a year later and, and blah, 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 blah. That's great. That's great that you're there same date and time a year later. And yeah, the sun's at, but then we need to look at what was the weather difference on the day, you know, because the investigator goes out on a clear day and then I pull the historic weather reports and find out that it was raining the day that the crash happened or it was cloudy or overcast or whatever. And so that needs to be looked at, right? What were the sky conditions? What were, what was, what was the actual temperature, right? And why is temperature important? Well, because like TJ said, does temperature have an impact on tires? Yeah. You know, does it have an impact on whether somebody's window may or may not have been up or down? I mean, Phil, think about, you know, our crash that we always sort of allude to uh, where it, it comes down to, you know, this, this girl had her hands free device on, on her, in her car. Mm-hmm. And so she was talking on the, on the hands free device, which is not against the law, not a violation of law. And, you know, so the, the, the investigator, the primary investigator said, well, had she not been on that, you know, she would have heard uh, an approaching siren. Okay. There was no indication, one, that she didn't hear it. But secondly, were her windows up or down? Right. Doesn't that make a difference at all? Yeah, obviously that makes a difference. You know, if it's negative three degrees out, windows are probably up. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and it's it's one of those things as, as investigators, you know, when you grab a hold of something that you're going to, I guess some investigators are authoring reports, and this goes back to a, a number of different episodes we did, but investigators are searching for their respective needle in the haystack, and when they find that needle, then they... It's almost like they put the blinders on. They, they do. They don't look the at anything on else. They're like, aha, I found what I'm looking for to only speak about so that it looks a certain way that I need it or want it to look. Yeah. Um, and that's not your job. And it's not your role as an investigator. Your investigator is to be, you know, fair, impartial, um, and accurately document the, 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 the situation and it just is what it is, whether the, whether it supports you should never start out your investigation and finish your investigation based on um, what your customer, client, what have you is looking uh, to achieve. It, right. it, it just is. Now, what we're not it saying is. the scope. I mean, obviously, you're going to look at things that. Right. Are within right. But the I'm scope. Saying, you know, if they're if your client or whatnot is is, you know, hey, I, you know, I, I, I whatever whatever the 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 target is and then you grab a hold of it because i can make the my my report fit now because i found this and and this takes me right towards it um and then forget every all the supplemental information that may change that you know like you're saying you know well had the person not been on their hands-free device then this 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 and this well if you're going to claim that then you need to be able to support it yeah you know, you need to be able to defend that. Um, it's just looking, you know, it's almost like going down that hallway and looking for the first door that's unlocked and walking through it and saying, woohoo, I made it, you know, no, yep. you didn't. Yeah. 
You know, yeah. So all the other doors beyond the door you went through. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, so I think those are big things to look at. Um, any witness statements? <laughs> mm-hmm. Witness statements are huge, but, and this is, this is a show for a different time. And actually that, that may be our next show that we do is analyzing witness statements because yeah. witnesses, man, can witnesses have it wrong? Oh yeah, they can. And, and yes, how do you can. tell, you know, so, so why don't, you know what, let's put that on the calendar. So FYI, yeah, it, that, future show coming up. I really, that's something I really harp on when I'm teaching in the academies. Yeah. Yeah. It, just looking at witness statements. Because holy cow, can they really skew an investigation? If, yep. if you hang your hat on something, somebody says. Yeah. <clears throat> and I would say almost every witness statement has some element of the truth. I don't think anybody is intentionally uh, a true independent witness. I don't think is ever intentionally trying to mislead an investigator. So there, there are elements of truth in there. And, but how do you pick those out between elements of the, the elements of truth and just things that we know witnesses typically cannot get right or, well, you know, things not like even, that. <clears throat> I think you need to start out with, you know, you hit the nail on the head when you said an independent witness identifying who's an independent witness. Yeah. Yeah. Because once they talk to the driver of the car, are they really independent anymore? Or you get three people standing around or you get three people you identified at a scene that are standing around talking to each other. And all three of them said they saw the crash. Where were they when they saw it? Yeah. Let's say all three were at different points. But when you get to them, they're all at the same point. You got a problem on your hands. Yep. Because they've all three talked. Yeah. So that's a big thing. Um, You know, another thing to look at. And so this goes into vehicle inspections are huge. Mm -hmm. And I get it. A lot of times the cars aren't available. I get that. Trust me. Trust me. I get that. Um, because, and a lot of times we have to do limited visual inspections from photographs, mm-hmm. you know, and it is what it is. I mean, you got to do the best with what you can and you have to look at what you can. So if the vehicles aren't available, I get it. If they are get out and inspect the vehicles, they should be inspected because it's just, it's critically important in any kind of crash. And it doesn't matter, you know, even if, and, and we have a case like this right now where, you had a car and the only thing that versus a pedestrian, the only thing that hit the pedestrian was the mirror the crash happened two years ago. Since then the mirror has been replaced. Right. And, and the first thing I asked is a vehicle available. I want to go out and inspect it. And they're like, well, why would you need to inspect the vehicle? Think about blind spots, right? Think about the aim of the headlights. If it's a nighttime crash, all this stuff can play into a crash. And so you never know until you go out and look. And I guess that's the point is you never know until you look. Right. So just go look. And, and, you know, along that line of just go look, download the cars. I don't care if it's a car versus pedestrian crash. I don't care. I'm still going to download it because in, I've seen vehicle pedestrian crashes that have captured a non-deployment event. Have you not? Yeah. Y- you know what I mean? So just go look. You know, and again, in that case there, auto versus pedestrian. Chances are, you know, where just the mirror hits him. I can, I can tell you with 99.99999% accuracy, nothing is recorded. Yeah. But very rarely. very rarely. Yeah. But is there a possibility something's there? You're never going to know until you look. Yeah. What, what's it going to hurt to download it and find nothing? Right. Right. At least we can look. And don't we owe that to the victim to at least look? Yeah. You know, and so if the car's supported, just download it. 
just download it. So at least you can say, hey, look, I looked, nothing was there. Yeah. I don't know. So I think we've covered the, the vehicles, witnesses, the scene, the police reports, the weather. What else should an investigator look at? <sighs> I mean, I will tell you this, and this, this may be an unpopular opinion. I don't care. <laughs> and it shouldn't affect your findings at all. But if another expert did an investigation, I would at least look at their report. If they authored a recon report, you should review it. See what they came, you know, see what, see what they see, what evidence I'm not saying, see what their opinions were because their opinion should affect yours in no way, shape or form. Cause you're doing your own investigation. But during an interview, did somebody tell them, were they at the scene and somebody walked up to them and were like, Oh, I saw that crash. Right. And they noted it in their report. You never know. Again, you never know until you look. Right. So look. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I think you just need to, <clears throat> you need to, um, you know, especially when you think about like the OH1 and contributing circumstances. To me, the contributing circumstances are huge. Um, and, and I don't know, you can almost kind of re- rephrase what those are. They're, they're, they're more of, I don't want to say contributing circumstances, but it's contributing information. You know, it's, it's could, you know, this and this and this and this, all these different things have contributed to how this event or why this event occurred. You know, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a lot that can, that can go into it. Um, Now, granted, there's things that aren't going to be that fundamental, you know, contributed, but really doesn't change your, your, your opinion um, isn't going to change the dynamics or the findings or the results, but it was, it, it did contribute to it. Yep. Yeah. And that's just, it's just, you know, like I said, just look. Yeah. And so at I, least, at least you're, you, you looked at it and you've considered it now, whether or not it played a, a significant role or any kind of role, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, but you won't know until you, until you at least consider it. Right. And so I guess, you know, as, as, as we wrap up this show here, you know, and, and guys, is there more that you can look at? Yeah, they're absolutely, because we didn't even touch on empirical testing that's been done. Right. You know what I mean? Like we haven't touched on, on evidence that, you know, stuff like that of actually breaking down, like what some of the evidence is and, and things like that. Um, so there is more, but I would say, you know, as, as a, basis i I would say those are the big things that we're looking at police reports the scene the vehicles witnesses including your drivers or involved parties if they're you know if they're still with us and able to be looked at the weather the sun and moon and any kind of historical data on on the location where the crash happened at and with your scene i mean there's there's a lot that could be broken down in that physical evidence traffic control devices stuff like you know we're just we're hitting kind of high level so that this episode, otherwise this episode would be like a four hour episode, <laughs> you know, but it, it's, so these are just some kind of high level points before you even start to author your opinion, you have to build a foundation upon which you can use to author your opinion. And that's what we're doing is, is we're, we're trying to set up that foundation. And so attorneys, you know, these are, these are some of the things that you guys should be looking for that your expert looked at, because if they didn't, how in the world did they set a foundation upon which to build a case? Mm-hmm. 
if they didn't at least hit these core elements, I would, I would almost go out on a limb and say they don't have enough information to render an opinion within a reasonable degree of professional and scientific certainty. If they haven't at least covered these minimum bases. Now, again, you know, maybe you have a slip and fall or a skateboarding accident and there's no vehicles involved. Okay. Then obviously they don't need to, you know, somebody slips down their falls and break slips down icy steps and breaks a leg. Obviously you don't need the vehicles inspected. So, you know, apply some common sense, but for the most part in a typical motor vehicle collision, these are at least things that need to be addressed. Yeah. So I don't know. Take that for, for what you will. Phil, on, on that, do you have any final advice for people? Final, your, what's your one takeaway today, your nugget of wisdom that people can do today to make sure they are doing, that they're building a better foundation? I guess go back to when you got into this field of expertise, what brought you to this field of expertise? What was your underlying reason for doing it? Um, go back to that and, and don't be lazy. You know, remember why you got into this and don't sell out. Don't sell out for the dollar. Be true to your profession and, and let the pieces and the chips fall where they fall. And it is what it is. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And since you hit talking to the officers and the experts, I'll do mine, I guess, to the attorneys and to the insurance adjusters that, that might be listening to the show. Make sure that your expert is building a foundation. If all the expert is doing is just reviewing documents that you send him and conducting no investigation of their own, that to me would be building a building your, your, your castle on the sand. You know what I mean? Like you just, Mm -hmm. again, you don't know until you look, did your investigator look or did he just take everything you sent him at face value? Right. You got to look and you never know until you look, So just look and make sure they're looking. And if they're not ask questions as the attorney, you need to ask questions because and I get it. Like guys, folks, I, I, I completely understand the, your investigator comes back and he gives you this nice shiny report and it finds exactly what you wanted him to find. And it addresses everything you wanted addressed. And it's, it's opinions are exactly where you wanted to go. But if you don't, you know, when you look at it and you're like, if you don't ask them, did you actually go to the scene, you know, or something like that. And, and they can't say, yeah, Man, uh, that's great that you have this great report until it gets to depot and the other side finds out that they never even went to the scene or they never looked at the vehicles or the vehicles were able to be downloaded and nobody even made an attempt to download them. Yeah. You know, and things like that. And all of a sudden your case, that, that nice shiny report no longer becomes about their opinions. The whole case becomes about how your investigator didn't do his job. Yeah. And now you're in front of a jury trying to get that defended instead of having a jury focus on the actual findings. Well, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for the day. As always, jump over to Facebook and make sure you follow and join Crash Tech, the Expert Angle Group. Also, if you want to leave us feedback, have an idea for a show, or would like to be on a future show, head over to Crash Tech Expert 
angle.podbean.com and click the link on the right that says contact the show. The form will come up, put anything that you want right in there. If you want more information on expert consulting services or training, visit us online at www.crashtechreconstruction.com. And finally, if you're a PI attorney, make sure you request to join the crash site Facebook group. Or if you're a defense attorney, make sure you request to join the crash site defense Facebook group. Neither site contains any ads or spam. It's just a private community that brings experts from all different areas together with attorneys to collaborate or ask questions. So again, guys, thanks for tuning in. And remember, always leave your accident victims better off than you found them because at the end of the day, everything we're doing is for them. 